Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Can't help myself. Okay, we're going to, I'm going to open now this, I'm going to open with a joke, but I'm going to warn you ahead of time that you probably have to be 50 or older to really get it. And so, so this guy is telling the story and he, he says, Doc, he says, I, I can't stop singing the green, green grass of home. And the doctor tells him, says, well, it looks like or sounds like Tom Jones syndrome. And so he says, uh, well, is it common? And the doctor replies, it's not unusual. <laughs> Okay, I got one more. So uh, you get a bonus <laughs> joke because I got some laughs that time. So. <laughs> On New Year's Eve, Marilyn stood up at the local bar and said it was time to get ready. At the stroke of midnight, she wanted every husband to be standing next to the one person who made his life worth living. Well, it was kind of embarrassing. As the clock struck 12, the bartender was almost crushed to death. <laughs> Is that okay to tell in church? I get you. It's too late now, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so tonight we are beginning a three-week series uh, that I've entitled How to Have a Happy New Year. And I, I was debating over what to title this series because I, I thought about doing something on New Year's resolutions, but truthfully, New, Year, New Year's resolutions it just kind of sounds, well, so many people abandon their, like, like uh, uh, Planet Fitness. I noticed that, that right after the New Year's, I mean, early in the, what morning was, Cindy and I went by, I think it was Sunday morning at like seven o'clock or whenever they open. Well, we were coming to church at seven. And so their parking lot was jammed full the day, the day after Sunday, the day after New Year's, right? Yeah, and, uh, and so next Sunday morning, we'll see, because, you know, people make these resolutions. So anyway, I decided because of uh, the connotations with New Year's resolution, I didn't want to do that. So I decided to call it How to Have a Happy New Year, because there are things that you and I can believe and do to ensure that we have a happier New Year this year maybe than even we have had in the past. And there's some truths that if we will put in the practice, it will cause us to have a happier new year. And I want one, don't you? Absolutely. The last couple of years have been pretty tough, haven't they? And I am believing, and I'm sure you are, believing for something better in 2022. We really should come and we are believers in Jesus Christ, aren't we? Uh, uh, I think everybody here probably has already accepted Christ as your, as your Savior. And so uh, we are believers in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we ought to be able to come into a new year with uh, hope and a feeling of a promise of better things. In Psalm 65, verse 11, it says, you, talking about God, 
Crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. I like that, don't you? That we can count on God's goodness in 2022. Now, having said all that, I also know that there are those, uh, and no doubt here tonight, who have come into this new year with maybe a sense of caution, maybe even anxiety, and, and the thought is, uh, what's going to happen in this new year? Uh, what's, what's gonna be going on with the pandemic, and, and what's gonna happen with my own health, or the health of my children, or grandchildren, or friends, uh, and the rest of my family, and all of that. Uh, uh, maybe we wonder what's gonna happen in the economy, you may wonder what's going to happen, you know, in my economy, your own economy, that kind of thing. Uh, will we ever really feel secure again? Now, I want to just state, and I know that I, I am a pastor, I'm a, a preacher teacher, uh, and I'm supposed to say things like this, but I do believe it. We ought to have a sense of, of God's goodness, God's hope, God's favor for our new year. We ought to be secure in him, right? Yes. And so there are things we can do to help us to, to be fear-free or free of fear. Uh, Isaiah 41 verse 13 says, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not. I will help you. That's a good word. God says, fear not. I'm going to take your right hand, and I say to you, fear not. I will help you. And so you need to tell yourself, I'm not going to be afraid because God's going to help me. That's a great promise for this new year. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, for God hath not it's a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, Paul writes here about the spirit of fear. You know, and when he's talking about this, he's talking about something more than this uh, mild sense of anxiety or even a, uh, a more intense sense of anxiety. He is talking about a spiritual assault a spirit of fear, and there are things that we can do to help us to overcome and defeat that spirit of fear. I believe that the spirit of fear is one of the most prevalent spiritual assaults in the time that we're living in uh, because of everything that's happening, and I think you understand uh, why I'm saying that is a very prevalent spiritual assault. So in this series, we're going to talk about how we can have a happier new year. And we're going to address some things that will help us to build a strong spiritual foundation for the days ahead. And I'm, I just want to emphasize that we are going to need these, these truths that from tonight and two weeks we're going to need these. We, we uh, need to build our lives on a right spiritual foundation if we're going to stand strong 
when the storms of life come against us, right? Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. Jesus is saying this. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the wind and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, the floods came, the wind beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. The rock, or the foundation that we are told to build on, is God's Word. Look again at verse 24 and 25. He says, Jesus says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will a wise man who built his house on the rock. Rain descended, floods came, winds blew, beat on that house. It did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. The rock is his sayings or his word. And so if we will build our lives on the foundation of his saying, his word, then it will help us to weather the storms of life. We aren't promised, we are not promised absence of storms in life. I wish we were. I don't like storms. I don't like trouble, I don't like trials, I don't like temptations, I don't like any other difficult thing in life. I like everything to be peaceful, calm, all the time, never a struggle, never a difficulty, but that's just not life, is it? Uh, Jesus, I wish he had said, come unto me, and you will never have another problem. Don't you wish he said that? But he never promised that, did he? Now, he did promise something else. In, in John 16, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he tells us something that we will uh, have trouble it, we, it's going to happen. We are going to have trouble. I don't have to tell anybody about that, do I? I don't have to convince you that in this life you're going to have trouble because everybody here a little bit of trouble, haven't you? But he also promises peace during it. And again, John 16, 33, I want you to hear this. He says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be good cheer. I have overcome the world. The peace that comes to us comes through the things that he has spoken or his word. And so we can have peace even though there's tribulation and pressing things and difficulty and trouble and stuff like that that comes against us in our life. We can have peace in the midst of us through the word that he has given to us, the things that he speaks to us, the things that he has spoken to us. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to look at several truths from God's word that will help give us a firm foundation for the year 
ahead. And again, I want to point out, we are going to need these. These, it's not just something that, you know, oh, well, that was a nice teaching or something. This is something every one of us, myself included, all of us need to apply in our lives because they'll help us have a happier new year. And I want that, don't you? Tell yourself, I want that. <laughs> okay, the, uh, the first major point we're going to look at is a foundation of trust. In Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4, uh, he says, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. So, one of the signs of the last days is fear and anxiety. In Luke 21, 25, and 26, this is Jesus talking. He's talking about the last time, the last days or the end, end times. <clears throat> and he says, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. That kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing. It can feel almost impossible not to focus on it all the time. And then to let your mind just carry on about what's going to happen and how uh, it's going to affect you and, and how it's going to advance and, and all, all of, of this. this. And, and so, so if, if you're dealing with something like that, I am by no means uh, saying that that you are, are just, uh, you're just not believing or something like that. It's something that's very real that we acknowledge. We know that we've got an issue. Maybe it's a health issue or a, a pressing financial thing that we're dealing with or, or something with our kids that, that is impossible to ignore. And so it's something that we, uh, we while we admit the reality of it, we just don't allow our focus to be dominated by them. If we focus only on them, then we're going to be fearful. And so we must focus on God. Tell yourself, I'm going to focus on God. And I want to read Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4 again. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust, I will not fear what can flesh do to me. Now this kind of trust uh, may acknowledge harsh realities like uh, financial difficulties or health problems or, or problems with kids or family or something like that. But while it acknowledges the realities, it focuses and, and forces our, we force our attention on God. In other words, we see that, but through that, we see God and his word. He says, whenever I'm afraid, I'll trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. And so I would encourage you, if you're dealing with something, praise his word. You say, what, what in the world are you talking about? If it's a health issue, praise him that he is the Lord, your God, who heals you. I do this. I thank you that I, there's an old song we used to sing. Uh, you are the Lord that heals me. You are the Lord, my healer. Amen. And then it goes on from there. I, that's, that's 
that's the gist of the song. You can tell I forgot the rest of it. You sent your word and healed my disease. You are the Lord, my healer. That, well, that's based on his word. So, to, so praise his word. Thank you, Lord. You are my healer. Thank you, Lord. You are my provider. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you haven't given me a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. It means a disciplined mind. You've given me the ability. See, we think at times because of the feeling that's there that we can't help ourselves. And that's just not true. It's not true. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of a sound or disciplined mind, the ability to discipline our mind and bring it back into focus on him and his word. And I'm not saying this is easy. That's why faith is called a fight, you know? I read this morning in my devotions, fight the good fight of faith, because sometimes it is a struggle. It's a battle. But we have the ability because Jesus, his word tells us that we can. We have a sound mind. He has given us a sound or disciplined mind, the ability to bring our mind, even though we see the realities, we see him as a greater reality. His word uh, is true, right? Amen. Just tell yourself, I believe that. Uh, he, he talks about in, in Psalm 112, verse 7, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. In the last couple of years, we've had a lot of evil tidings. We, are, we have almost daily a steady diet of evil tidings. And this is why I've limited, almost cut out watching news. That used to be one of my hobbies. I, it's not a hobby anymore. It just irritates me. And so I'm not saying that if you watch the news, you're just wicked and evil. You, you know, if, if, if it, you do all right with it, that's fine. I'm not, I'm, not so, I'm not saying I'm just a spiritual person because I don't watch the news. I'm just saying uh, it just bugs me too much. And it's not, I don't, like, I don't like listening to it myself because I just hear so much evil tidings. Just... But it says that if you do watch the news and you do hear evil tidings, you can have a heart that's steadfast because you trust in the Lord. Maybe tonight what I'm trying to tell myself is that I need to grow and trust more so that I can watch a little more news. I, no, I'm joking. But uh, all of us have room to grow in our trust, don't we? And as we do grow in our trust of him, then when the evil, a, a bad report comes, bad report comes, that's what evil tidings are. And if it's a bad doctor report or if it's a bad uh, letter that comes in the mail or we hear something uh, on the news that's troubling, evil tidings, bad reports, something like that, our heart is steadfast. Why? Because we trust in the Lord. Okay? So I want to look. Uh, second main point here tonight are several areas where we need to focus our trust. These are really important. And so tell yourself tonight, this is important. The first is that we can trust God's character. This is critical to us, uh, that we can trust in the character of God. Revelation 19, 11 says, Now I saw heaven open, 
and behold, a white horse. And this is, this is Jesus, just so you know. He who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. So Jesus is faithful and true. So first of all, God, Jesus, is faithful. Marine Corps motto is what? Simplify. Always faithful. Now, God is simplify. <laughs> he is always faithful. He is never, it's, it, it should never be a question, even though sometimes we wonder because of stuff going on, we may wonder, God, what, uh, how is this going to work? What, what? God is always faithful. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9 says, God is faithful, means dependable and a lot of other things, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I remember as a, as a young believer, a new believer in Jesus, I heard of, uh, and I can't even remember which pastor it was, it was a visiting evangelist or visiting speaker at our church that said, when you're going through a, a difficult time, remember three words. He said, these will always help you if you'll remember these three words, God is faithful. I've never forgotten it. And those three words have helped me so often because when we're, when we're uh, uh, under pressure, when we have a bad report, when we wonder what's going to happen tomorrow, wonder what's going on in our life, three words, God is faithful. I want you to tell yourself that out loud tonight, God is faithful. Let's say it one more time, God is faithful. If you're viewing this online, everybody, we're gonna say it one more time and you who are viewing online, you say it or listening online, say it to yourself. Let's say it again, God is faithful. So what this means is, is that he will always be the same. Aren't you glad for that? I'm really glad that God doesn't change. Uh, it says in Malachi 3, verse 6, I am the Lord, I do not change. He is unchangeable. He is changeless. He doesn't change. Somebody tell me, I got it. Okay. <laughs> Hebrews 13 and verse 8 Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, what this means is God isn't fickle. And we're glad that he's not fickle. He doesn't change from day to day uh, uh, about how he feels about us. He remains the same about how he feels. And this can be really one of the greatest battles that we face as believers, and that is, well, how can God love and care for me regardless of what I do or don't do? We can trust him because he isn't fickle. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I have had fickle cars. Anybody besides me ever had a fickle car? You don't have to raise your hand if you right now have a fickle car. I've had fickle cars. 
one embarrassing thing that happened to me, right? I, I hadn't been uh, saved for maybe a month or so. And I lived just down the street in Flagstaff from the church. And uh, I was going to meet uh, some of the people at the church for something. I don't know, we're going to go do something. I don't remember what it was. Wasn't going to church or anything. It was just something extra. But we we're going to meet at the church. And so uh, I had this 1964 Volkswagen Bug. And that thing was fickle. I, I had the idiot book for uh, Volkswagens, you know, it was a book that they used to, that you can work on your own car, and I've adjusted my valves to the, to perfectly. I, I changed the oil uh, religiously, you know, I, I pampered it, I babied it, and that stinking car was fickle. And so I had... <laughs> I just barely got it started to get down to the church, and I get to the church, and it does something stupid, and I don't remember exactly what was going on with the car. I think it was something carburetor or something, I, but I was just so mad at this car. I got out of it, and I slammed the door, and I didn't know anybody was there, and I, I hauled off, and I had dingo boots back in those days, and I wham, wham, I kicked two dents in the side of that car. I was so mad. Almost broke my toe. I, thankfully, the boots had a good enough, anyway. And then right, right there, I, I looked, and, and some of the people in the church came by, and they saw me right as I was. I wasn't cussing, but I was mad as all get out. And I took it, I kicked a couple of dents in this car. Why? Because it was fickle. You couldn't depend on it. It was undependable. I've, I've had fickle friends. We've all had some fickle friends through the years, haven't we? Fair weather friends. Tonight, we need to know God isn't fickle. And we can gain enormous security if we trust in this truth, and that is God is faithful. One more time, I want you to tell yourself out loud, God is faithful. Hebrews 13, 5 says, let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know what I call that? Simplify, always faithful. So God, first of all, he's faithful. And secondly, God is true. He cannot lie. He is lie-less. Can't lie. It's impossible for. In fact, Hebrews, uh, one verse in Hebrews says, it is impossible for God to lie. You know what? Uh, God can do everything except one thing. There's one thing God cannot do. He can't lie. Okay? Titus 1 verse 2 says, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. This means we can trust him to do what he said he would do. Second uh, Peter chapter one verse four says, "By which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust." Because God is true, we can trust Him to make good on His promises. Years ago, I read them in a, in a book that there are some 6,000 promises in God's Word. Somebody else I read said there were 
8,000 promises in God's word. And this one guy said, no, no, there's 30,000 promises in God's word. I don't know if there's 6,000, 8,000, 10,000, or 30,000, but I do know this. God's word is packed full of promises for every area in our life, and he promises and keeps his promises. He cannot lie. We can depend on his word. He has promises, and he promises to forgive us at any time for anything. Say, thank you, Jesus. He has promises for our healing, both physical and emotional. He promises to provide for us. Uh, he promises never to leave or forsake us. He promises so many things and we can depend on his promises because God is true. We need to cultivate a foundation of trust in God's character. He is faithful and true. And then uh, to kind of wrap this up, we need to focus our trust on God's word. We read two verses at the beginning of the class. I wanna read them again. Matthew 7, verse 24, Jesus said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, he's talking about his word, his word, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. In John 16, verse 33, Jesus says, these things have I spoken to you. This is his word that in me you may have peace. In the world you may have you will have tribulation. Be, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus gave us a promise in this verse, this last verse in John 16, 33, that we would rather not have. In the world you will have tribulation. That is a promise that we would rather not have. But in Matthew 7, Jesus said the storms in life, though they may hit our lives, that we can have peace because of the things that he has spoken to us. We can be of good cheer. Even though there's pressure and tribulation, stuff going on, weird junk in the world. We live in per the perilous times the Bible has spoken about. In the last days, perilous times shall come. We live in those times. We live in perilous days. We live in difficult times, but we can be of good cheer, why? Because he's overcome the world and his overcoming enables us to overcoming, uh, overcome and we are able to overcome and be strong through his word, the things that he's spoken to us. Say, I believe that. There was a missionary back in the 1800s by the name of Alexander Duff and I wanna read this story about Alexander Duff this missionary, he left for India on the ship, the Lady, Lady, Lady Holland in 1829. His clothes, his life's possessions, a library of 800 volumes were all on board. Within a few miles of India, a shipwreck occurred. The passengers were all saved and spared, but all their possessions were lost in the sea. On the seashore, Alexander Duff looked out at the sea, <clears throat> hoping against hope that some of his possessions might uh, come back up and be cast up on the shore. Then they saw something, something small floating on top of the water. Nearer and nearer it came, and they all were watching it, and what could it be? What was re had returned? What was it? It was his Bible. Of all 
the books, all the possessions, the only thing that was spared or survived was his Bible. So Alexander Duff took this one book, his Bible, and, and he took it and, and believed that, that it was worth all of his books and all of his other possessions included. He took it as a sign. And so heartened was it that he began his career as a, as a missionary in India. The very next day, reading from that Bible, he began his first class with a group of five young boys under a banyan tree. A week later, the class swelled to 300 listeners. Several years later, a beautiful church stood on the spot where that banyan tree had been, and a thousand students of the gospel raised their, their voices in prayers and hymns to Jesus Christ. See, the Word of God is powerful. And, and, you know, we have a lot of things. We have a lot of stuff, don't we? We got clothes. We got closets full of clothes. We got stuff. And, and uh, uh, we accumulate. And, and those that have the least here, we still have stuff. We got stuff. But the most important possession that we have is the Word of God. The Word of God. The foundation of God's Word needs to go deep in us. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, this man whose house stood the storms, it stood because it was built on the rock. He had dug his foundation deep enough to hit rock. Jesus in, in Luke 9, verse 44 says, let these sayings sink down into your ears. <clears throat> for the Son of Man shall be delivered in the hands of men. We need to let his word sink down into our ears all the way into our hearts, right? <clears throat> First Timothy chapter 4, verse 15 says, Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. God's Word, and I just want to kind of wrap this up tonight by saying that God's Word will sink down deep into our hearts when we meditate on it. Now, I can tell you, I've, I used to, early in, in my experience with God, I had a real problem with that word, meditate. Because I came, I got saved in 1975. I came out of a hippie background. My sister, uh, one of my sisters had lived in a, a Sikh ashram in Orlando, Florida. I had visited her there and they did, they meditated. They tried to get me up. I was a, a freak, you know, a hippie. And I went to visit them during spring break when I was in high school. And, and at four o'clock in the morning, they got me, uh, they were trying to wake me up. They, they, well, I'm not going to tell you what, because I don't know what the word means, but they said something, they're one of their greetings. It meant kind of like praise. I asked my sister, she said, well, it means kind of like praise the Lord. But anyway, I remember the words, but I don't know what they mean. So I'm not going to say them. <laughs> so anyway, they, they tried to wake me up at four in the morning by saying this thing, you know. And I, I, I feigned sleep. I was wide awake, you know. It's, it's a weird place. It's a cult, really. And so, uh, uh, anyway, because of those kind of experiences, she later uh, 
got saved and she is saved to this day, thank God, and living for God and no longer, never mind. So, uh, you got the idea. She's saved, saved, saved. And so anyway, because of that, med- that whole meditation, when I, when I meditate, I meditate. And so the type of meditation, see the devil always takes something He's, he doesn't have original ideas. He takes good and then twists them a lot of times. And so that's, that's what he's done with meditation. He's twisted it. And so meditation it wasn't his idea. It was God's idea. He just twisted it and perverted it. And so Christian meditation isn't us twisting our legs up and going into some kind of mental trance, you know, and doing this weird stuff. What it is, is where we think about and dwell on and repeat God's word to ourselves. This is how we let God's word get down deep into us. And it, it's something that we ought to practice more and more in our lives. And I, I have got several portions of God's word that have become real life verses to me. The, the most important two verses uh, to me in probably 20 years, uh, anybody who's heard me teach or preach has heard me quote these. I quoted w- one of the verses earlier in this class, Hebrews 13, uh, verse four and five. Five and six, four and five. Anyway, you'll find it, four and five. That's terrible, isn't it? These are verses I have committed to memory. <laughs> Five and six. And I have, what I've done is I have, le- I have thought about it. I've meditated on it, meaning thought about it. I've repeated them to myself. And it's uh, uh, let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. That's verse five. Verse six. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Some years ago, I started uh, saying this to myself and meditating on it, thinking about it. And you know, to this day, I I still draw strength from those two verses and, and have gotten so much truth from them because I've made them a part of my life. And you know what? There's a strength that I have gathered from them time and time and time again because I have been a Christian for 47 years on February 1st. My spiritual birthday is coming up. I have been pastoring. I went out pastoring four years after I got saved. That is so frightening to me now that I think about it. I, four years, and I went out and pastored my first church. Uh, and so I've been pastoring now for, uh, on, on New Year's Eve, it was 43 years. And so I've been preaching and teaching and all that, 43 years. But I still at times have feelings like, man, I just... You know, I just don't sense God like I, like I want to. And God, you know, where, are, you know, where are you? And you know those verses because I have dwelt upon them. I I bring myself back to His Word, and you have said you'll never leave me or forsake me. 
So I know you're here, God. And you know what? Time and time again, that one truth has brought me back to a place of peace and stability, knowing I don't have to worry about God coming and going. Why? Because he himself has said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Thank God for that. And so there are other, there are other portions of Scripture. Psalm 23 is, is so important to us. Uh, the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. You know, uh, he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And all that it says there, we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and we don't have to fear any evil because he's with us. God is with us. And so we may uh, experience times where we feel the, the shadow of death on us. We don't have to fear. Why? Because God is with us. And so get God's word. We have to, and the more we will apply God's word in our life, we, we meditate on it, we think about it, we let his sayings sink down deep into our ears, get rooted in our hearts, we'll be strong. Amen. Our foundation will be strong. And listen, it's impossible for me to overemphasize this enough. <clears throat> we will be as stable as we are grounded through trust in God's word. Our stability will be directly proportionate to our trust in God's word. Because stuff in this life can just fly everywhere, can it? Anybody ever had stuff fly everywhere in life? And so this world is, is uh, shaky. Shaky, isn't it? It's shaky. But we can have a firm foundation if we are established in his word. And so I want to encourage you. We're going we're gonna to close, and I'm going to pray with you and, and repeat a prayer and confession with you tonight as we as we wrap this up, but I want to encourage you to regularly make a habit of getting into God's Word. Take it a bit at a time. It, you, uh, you don't have to read uh, chapters at a time. Focus primarily, especially starting out on the New Testament. You know, the Old Testament is there for a reason. It's to point us to the New Testament. So read the Old Testament, but read, focus mostly, especially if you're just starting out on the, on the New Testament, and then bits and pieces and, and go into the the Old Testament, powerful promises in the Old Testament that are applicable for us today as well. So I'm not, I'm not diminishing the importance of the Old Testament. The Word of God is all of it's critical, but focus on the new and get yourself some, some verses that you need. If you need healing, get, pick out some verses of healing, uh, on healing and begin to rehearse themselves, uh, rehearse them to yourselves. If you need a list of healing scripture, I think we've got some printed up maybe out all on the, in the foyer on, on the uh, wall there in that thing. And so get, get, get the word of God. Let it get rooted deeply in your heart and your life and you'll be strong. Yes. We'll be as strong as we are rooted in God's word. And you know what it'll help us do? Have a happy new year. Tell yourself, Happy New Year.
Let's bow our heads. I just want you to repeat this out with me. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me in troubling times. I will trust in your faithfulness. Thank you for never changing how you feel about me. I will trust in your truth. You will keep your promises to me. I will trust in your word. I will meditate in it throughout my day. In your name, the name of Jesus, amen. Now, before we leave, I'd just like to pray over us tonight. I understand that we really are living in difficult times. And I, I also know that uh, in spite of the times that we're living in, uh, there are those, or because of the times we're living in, and, and even uh, if we weren't living in the days that we're living in, there's, there are things that can happen in life uh, that can be just so troubling. And so tonight, I know that there are those here that you're facing some very serious issues in your life. And I want to encourage you not to be afraid because God is with you. God is faithful. God is faithful. And I just want to pray over you. I want to pray for God's grace and, and provision, God's uh, freedom from fear and anxiety, uh, God's healing touch, the, the touch of Jesus Christ and healing flowing through the name of Jesus. Let, let me just pray. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for who you are to us. You are faithful and true. You have made us promises to always be with us, never leave us, never forsake us. You have promised us tonight, Lord, healing in your name. And so tonight, we declare ourselves healed and whole in Jesus' name. You are the Lord who heals us. And in Jesus' name, we speak life and healing into sick or infirmed bodies. In Jesus' name, we command uh, those uh, uh, growths or pain or infirmity to go in Jesus' name. Lungs to be clear in Jesus' name. Uh, strength in muscles and, and backs to be healed. Uh, whatever the physical ailment is, healing in Jesus' name. Provision, God, for those that are struggling financially. Provision in Jesus' name. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Your peace, God, your word gives us peace. And we speak peace over all of our lives tonight. You are the Prince of Peace. You rule with peace. Thank you, Jesus, Prince of Peace. You're our Prince. You rule over us with your peace. You speak peace into our hearts. Peace be still. We tell our hearts tonight, peace be still. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a clap and just thank him? Praise God. We're going to uh, talk in the next uh, several weeks about 
uh, who we are in Christ, who he is to us and who we are in him. And these, again, these are truths that are important for us to have a happier new year. I want to have a happy new year, don't you? Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.